start, Lonzel? Where are you? She gone out. Oh, okay. All right. While we were worshiping now, somebody sang a song at the back. Who was that, please? Was it you? Did you have the interpretation for that? Okay. All right. Thanks, Steve, for the opportunity. Put my timer on. What does it mean when a preacher takes his watch off and puts it on the podium? Nothing. Hey, it's the Lord's day, not just the Lord's hour. Father, you love us so much. And I know we don't have to jump through hoops. It's not about performance or lack of performance. It's about you, Jesus. You did it all, and it's all done. I thank you that we may rest in the house of our Father. Somebody said in the prayer meeting this morning, may we be really sensitive to the hearing of God's voice this morning. And I thought, I wondered, why do we make it so hard on ourselves? My children know my voice. Because they've heard me when I'm rejoicing. They've heard me when I'm telling Andy I love her. They've heard me when, I, when I'm angry. And they've heard me when my team loses on the, on the sports game. Ek moet vir jou bid, auntie. The thing is, do we want to hear? My, some of my grandkids, just stand this way. Some of my grandkids were with us yesterday. And the dad had to tell them three times to do something or to stop doing something. And he has this, they have this routine at home where if the kid doesn't seem to listen, to hear what he's saying, then he's got to start counting. One, two. <laughs> Some of you can relate to that. And the kid pushes it right till 11.59, you know, bam. And then the kid responds. But in fact, we do know, Jesus says, my sheep know my voice. Not those who tithe. Not those who spend 40 hours a week praying in tongues. Not those few uh, chosen frozen. All of us, we hear his voice. We know his voice. The thing is, do we want to hear his voice? Listen, uh, Candy, why don't you come here, please? Put your hand on her spirit. On her spirit. Father, in the name of Jesus, we seal this healing now by your precious blood. We declare that the enemy shall in no way interfere. What you have done and will continue to do here. We seal this now and we give you the glory in Jesus' mighty name. Amen.
Amen. Thank you, sweetie. All right. If you have a Bible, you're one of the few blessed people in the world. Acts 2, verse 42. Acts 2, verse 42. Are we there? Not yet. It's on page 796. talking about the early church. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. They devoted themselves. It was super important to them. The contemporary English version says, they were like family to each other. They were like family to each other. And in this day and age, that's something that seems to be a value that has been stolen from the church, lost by the church, this family thing. Last week, Pastor Dion, Duomeni Dion was talking about, uh, about casting the vision of this church. I can call him Duomini because I saw a pamphlet of some begrafnis that he did yeah, and I stand it, Duomini Dion. So. Thank you, my boy. <laughs> uh, and Dion was talking about casting the vision of this church, which is our preferred future. We can have a future, but God holds out a preferred future. I read this week, God gives us the very best hmm. to those who will allow him to choose. We might settle for less. We might have settled for Barabbas, but he gave us Jesus. Best there is. And I want to encourage you this morning, openly and honestly, I want to tell you straight this morning, when Dion speaks about the vision of this church, make a decision to get behind the vision. Get behind the vision. I'm trying to tell you as seriously as I can, Get behind the vision. Get connected full on the way you want your husband to love you, the way you want your wife to love you. Full on. Except for God, for your family, and for your work. Nothing should claim more of your commitment 
your attention or your resources than this local family church. Local church family. They were like family. And they devoted themselves to the fellowship. Earlier years, they would, it was normal, it was customary to call this the fellowship. And they devoted themselves. And the reason why I'm saying that is two things. The local church is God's plan for the end times. Warts and all. God doesn't want, uh, you can only have perfect people in heaven. And so he puts you in church where people offend you and bump you and say things you don't like and, and sparks fly and he's sending you off. Local church is liquor. It's good for you. It's good for you. Makes you a better person. How do you learn patience? How do you learn forgiveness? Ah, somebody does something and you've got to learn to forgive them. You see, the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, goodness, kindness, grow in difficult soil. How do you learn joy? Wow. And the second point is that as society continues to crumble and persecution increases as the devil runs rampant, you and I are going to need one another more than ever before. It is God's plan, for he saw to the other side for the joy set before him. Here you are. Your name's Joy. Your name is Joy. They call this the body of Christ. I'm going to touch the body of Christ. I want to hug the body of Christ. It's the only place I'm going to find him. give you two stories. One about a guy who was not devoted and the other about a guy who was. The first guy, a couple of years ago, he won the lotto. Millions of bucks. Lost the lot. Had huge financial problems. Would not speak to anybody about them. We buried him last Friday because he wrote out letters saying, I love you, but I can't take this anymore. What he didn't say is, I'm ducking and I'm leaving you with all my debts. And he took his gun and he shot himself. And in his very family, and not only his church family, there's a way. Jesus says, I am the way. In every desert, in every wilderness, 
There is a way where there seems to be no way. Just seems to be no way. But there is a way. And his name is Jesus. I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. And he would not speak to anybody. And there we have it. The other guy's a bit of an older one. When I was pastoring a church in, in Alberton, one of the deacons, or Dave, came to me and he said, Pete, i got a problem with pretty women. I said, cannot be. You're the only one in the world. No one else has a problem like that. I said, welcome to the family. What? So what? He said, but Pete, with the internet, it's now one click away. When my wife goes away at the weekends on work, she was some, I don't know, wedding plan or that type of thing. He asked me, Peter, can I bring you my laptop when I bring my wife to the airport and I'll collect it from you on Sunday afternoon when I've got you? He was devoted. He was devoted. And now, 15 years later, Dave is living in Britain, still married to the same woman, still going strong, still pressing on the grace. Romans 5, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. We access now by faith into the grace in which I stand. Rejoicing in that hope that will never fade away. Reconciled to God through Jesus Christ. Romans 5 verse 1 and 2. At this time in our nation, you and I can very easily get caught up We can get caught up in many battles, most of which are not ours to fight. They're the Lord's battles. Our fight is a good fight of faith. We are attacked by the enemy personally in our areas of weakness, and we are attacked by the enemy indirectly through people around us. Whether they're in parliament, in business, your colleagues, your pals at school, and even in your church, and more so in your home. You think you're safe at home, pretty? You never take off your armor of God. Those of you that have been in military service know that you sleep in your armor. You end up smelling like your armor, and both of you end up smelling like the bush. You never take it off. Never, never, never. Half past two in the morning when the devil wakes you up with bad dreams. Your armor must be on. Don't go look for it. Must be on. You see, the enemy wants to get our eyes off of Jesus. He wants to get you involved in battles that are not yours. And it's going to tire you out. It's going to drain you of your courage. 
and it's going to cause you to throw in the towel. Bible speaks of a huge falling away, prophesies, a huge falling away, a massive backfallen in the last days. And I've been seeing, and it's not only the young guys who just got saved the other day. It's chasote manna and froe. It's people who've been serving the Lord, walking with the Lord 30, 40, 50 years. And all of a sudden they say, ach nee Die goed werk nie, doesn't work. Don't know why I'm speaking Afrikaans this morning. Somebody needs to hear this. My question to you, Stephen, are you going to be one of those that falls away? Tony, Steve? Are you going to be one of them? How do you know when you're being deceived? You don't. You don't. We need one another. We need to be accountable to one another. And they need to be accountable to me. I desperately need you to find your gifting, to find your place, Mr. Brick in the Wall. Not Pink Floyd. Bible. I need you to find your spot and I need you to nestle in there and take some load on you. So that frees me and protects me to go and find my hole in the wall. We definitely, you will definitely fall away if you fight the wrong battles. If you focus on SAA, on Eshkom, on Danel, on SABC, on Prasa, on sex ed in schools, on the state of the nation, on politicians. How do you know when a politician is lying? Their lips move. My hope is no longer in any man or woman in this nation. Sorry, Tony. My hope is in the Lord. For he alone cares for me. He alone cares for me. You see, if you focus on all of these things, they are facts, this fighter, and there's stuff that we need to do and not do about them. There are plans we need to make. But they are the facts. What the doctor told Lonzel is the facts. But it's not the truth. God is truth. And the truth is guaranteed by the character and integrity and power and glory and majesty and inexpressible love of my Father. The facts can never change the truth. But the truth can always change the facts. 
I'm not saying we don't look at these things. I'm not saying don't sign a petition about sex ed. But I've signed it 35 times, I think. I'm tired of seeing the same thing. There's stuff we need to do as good citizens and as bride of Christ. I'm not preaching politics, so I just don't care about politics. God is truth. He is alpha. He is omega. He is beginning from before the beginning, way through beyond the end. Nothing starts in my life and yours in this nation unless my God says, let it begin. And it's not over until my God says it's over. Whether it's your marriage, your business, your walk with the Lord. I had a sense in this morning there's at least one of you here that you're so far from God you can never come back. If that's you, if I aren't licht for you, you're being deceived and you don't know it. You see, sometimes to agree with the majority is to disagree with God by coming into agreement with the enemy. Hello? You don't want to do that. You don't want to do that. You don't want to go there. So choosing your battles is absolutely crucial. Dion spoke about Caleb last week, one of my favorites in Scripture. God is calling us to be like Caleb, men and women. Numbers 14, 24, but my servant Caleb, because he has a different spirit and has followed me fully, wholeheartedly, I will bring him into the land in which he went, and his descendants shall possess it. We're talking about descendants. Dion spoke about a vision that is for fu includes future generations. I'm telling you today, you are not allowed to fall away. I forbid it. Do you know why? For the sake of your kids, for the sake of your grandchildren, for the sake of the young people here, you may not fall away. It's not allowed. Come and talk. Come and be. Let's have lunch. Let's do coffee here. In the contemporary English version, that Bible says, Caleb isn't like the others. He has faith in me, says the Lord. Well, there are many Christians who are not like Caleb. They do not have a different spirit. And they do not serve him wholeheartedly. Some come to church when they feel like when it suits their purpose. Three drops of rain, that's it, I'm out of here. Back in the bed. Come on, I know, man, I've been there, done that. Got the scars to prove it. You cannot serve Jesus on your terms. You've got to serve him on his terms. And he's all or nothing. 
all or nothing. All or nothing. You cannot be a little bit pregnant. Either you is or you ain't. I'm not fighting with you, I'm telling you. You see, in Genesis 12, God promised Abram that he would give him a land and his descendants. Caleb knew that. Hundreds of years later, when Caleb was 45, they sent him and Joshua and 10. My buddy was saying eight last week. was rattling my cage. It's okay, we all mess up. And 12 of them, Caleb, Joshua, and 10 others, were sent for 40 days to spy out the promised land. They all saw the same thing. They saw a land of milk and honey. They saw huge fruit. But they also saw fortified cities. And they saw giants. The 10 came back saying, <laughs> And they were speaking unbelief and rebellion into the hearts of the others. And the, the voice of those 10 spies caused a nation of over a million people to die in the desert under the judgment of God. Who are you lending your ears out to? Who are you lending your tongue to? If the devil wants, how do I stop this? Oh, dismiss. I've got a new phone. I hate it. I just got the old one sorted. Now you yeah, yeah, upgrade. Where was I? Huh? And they caused a million people. What is your unbelief? And you're focusing on the wrong battles. What is that costing your family? What is it costing this church? What is it costing your loved ones? What is it costing those guys around the briar fire? How much air time are you giving the devil? You are the only one who has creative, destructive power in your tongue. The devil has none. All his power was destroyed at Calvary. If he wants to wreak havoc and bring destruction, he's got to look for a dwarf Christian that will lend him his or her. You see, we, we are not cowards Yeah. But we can get our unbelief and our negativity the same way those people did. Second hand. Twitter aunts. From other voices. Even if it's the majority voice. Even if it's your own voice. What Caleb did when he heard that voice, he said, shut up. I'm not swearing. 
He was ruthless. You and I have to shut up that voice. So much so that God said, man, you you and Joshua are going to be the only adults of your entire generation that get to the promised land. Everyone else is going to die. And he was 45 when God told him that. 40 years he waited. When he was 85, he went to Josh. He said, Josh, you remember that time when God said, I want that now, please. And the Bible says he was as strong then as he has ever been. Why? Because in those 40 years, he kept his tongue clean, he kept his ears clean, he kept his nose clean, and he focused like he told the people. His faith is not in them to take the land. His faith is in a God who keeps his promise to Abraham of hundreds of years ago. And when it came time for him to go to Joshua, his faith was still not in himself to take the land. His faith was still in the God who keeps his promises. Forty years he waited. Jesus operated in the same spirit. Thirty years for a three-year ministry. How many want to go to Bible college for three years and then have a 30-year ministry? What was so wrong with Jesus that it took God 30 years to prepare him and launch him into, hey, I don't know. I'm asking you guys, you're the clever one. But that was Caleb's superpower for those 40 years. He focused on the promises, on the integrity, and the character of God. He focused on the truth and not on the facts. So what am I saying? I don't know how much longer we're going to wait in this country for God to do something mighty and powerful and turn the nation and fix the economy, blah, blah, blah. I don't know. We're now in year 26. Jesus was 30, Caleb was 40, Abraham was 100, or I don't know, I don't even know. The Bible is full of people that had to wait a long, long time. But one thing I do know is that while we wait, we wait like Caleb waited. In Numbers 14, verse 8 and 9, he says this, if the Lord delights in us, He will bring us into this land and give it to us, a land that flows with milk and honey. But he has the call to you and me today. Only do not rebel against the Lord. Opstandig raak. Do not rebel against the Lord. And do not fear the people of this land. For they are our bread. The Afrikaans word, hulle is ons space. And he says their, their protection is removed from them. And the Lord is with us. That's the truth I'm reading. 
if you've been in military service and you know that your own enemy is camouflaged and hiding somewhere in the grass 100 meters away, while he lies dead still, you cannot see him, you cannot neutralize him, you cannot do anything. The minute he moves and betrays his presence, you can take him out. Now, the protection of the enemy has been taken away in this nation. And he is running wild, rampant, drag queens teaching kids in grade school. You see it for yourselves. He is now no longer hidden. He is in your face. His protection is removed because the Lord is with us. The truth is the truth. Our biggest battle, unbelief and rebellion. Does God still heal people today? Are the gifts for today or did they cease? You know how many funny stories you get if you lend your ears out, you're going to get so confuddled, you won't know if you're coming or going. And your faith will be stolen, your courage will be stolen, you will get tired out and you'll fall away. And you will die in the desert. We need one another. Mark 9, help me in my unbelief. Man brings his boy, the symptoms to me look like epilepsy, he comes to Jesus, he said, man, I took this to all your disciples, they couldn't help my son. But I'm coming to you now, Jesus. He says this, if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. Jesus says, if you can. He says, all things are possible for one who believes. Now, I'm not talking about people are facing very real stuff. Absolutely. But the truth is what's real. And you and I need to gather, we need to devote ourselves to spending time with one another, to the fellowship. Immediately the father cried out and said, I believe, help me. In my unbelief. I got to a stage a couple of months ago after over, what, 30 years, whatever, in the ministry. And I said to Mandy, you know, I think God has decided that he's not going to heal anybody when I pray for them. Now, where did I get nonsense like that? Don't laugh at me. Where did you get your nonsense? Not from God. Not from God. Has he changed? Are his promises still good? Will he ever change? But we are going to see stuff in this nation. As the light goes out against the darkness. Just bloom in your little world there where you planted. Just bloom where you planted. Don't be Billy Graham. Billy Graham was Billy Graham. Just be you. The application is this. The tendency is to turn away from God 
and turn away from the local church. And I want to tell you this morning with all the love I can muster, whatever you do, do not do that. Do not do that for the sake of your kids and your grandkids and for your sake and for our sake. The grace that has brought you this far in which you stand will bring you all the way home. He will keep you. He will make a way because you are hearing the voice of your father. It's not about your circumstances. It's about your attitude. All of you know the bumper sticker that says that your attitude determines your altitude. So, my, as I come into land, my call to you today, can I say God's call to us today? Hebrew 10, 35. Therefore, do not throw away your confidence, which has a great reward. Hang on. Hang on. Keep swinging the baseball bat. Sooner or later, you're going to connect Keep putting one foot in front of the other. Hopefully another. Psalm 118 verse 8. It is better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in man. If you're trusting in the facts, you've got problems. If you're trusting in he who is the truth, going to come through. Proverbs 14, 26. In the fear of the Lord, one has strong confidence and his children will have a refuge for the sake of the future generation. I want to leave you with this scripture. It's a beautiful thing. I've never seen it before. But yet it is in Zechariah chapter 9, verse 12. Return to your stronghold, O prisoners of hope. Today I declare I will restore to you double. Are you a prisoner of hope? I am there's no one else I can go to. My hope is in the Lord. I'm a prisoner of hope. I want to leave you with these two thoughts and then we're going to pray. Something we need to understand and come to terms with and surrender to and accept is this fact that God is working according to a timetable. A tetraster. His, not yours. Ask Martha and Mary about their brother Lazarus. It's custom to let the body lie on the table in the kitchen for three days, in those days, in case it was a coma or a fit or something. And only after three days 
would they accept the person that's no longer there? And Jesus knew that, and that's why he pitched up on the fourth day. And his timing, if you and I can surrender to this fact that God's timing is not ours, no matter how much we think, no matter what the majority says, and if we can come to terms with that and stay there like Caleb did for 40 years, then with all your unbelief, with all your questions, with all your warts and all, your life and my life will still be a shining light to the people around you. If you can just accept that, God's in charge. And don't be surprised when suddenly, one day, God breaks through and he lays hold of you and he lays hold of your family and he lays hold of your circumstances. And like that, he heals them all. Let's pray. Can I ask you guys just to wait till we've prayed, please? Just wait till we've prayed, please. This is more important than the ice creams. Father, your word is the truth, and it will never return to you without fulfilling the purpose for which it is sent. I do believe, Jesus. Help me in my unbelief. There are days when I really struggle. Strengthen me today by your Holy Spirit. Show me what I need to see that I am not seeing. Tell me what I need to hear that I am not hearing. Help me to choose my battles wisely. Put a different spirit in me that I may say, stay strong right through my life for your sake, for my sake, and especially for the sake of my descendants. Amen. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think, according to the power at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever and ever. Folks, get beyond the vision. Connect with absolutely everything you can. The people in the church need you. The people in the city need you. God is doing the most amazing things. Hopefully we will share them as the weeks go by. 
God is doing amazing stuff in this area. There's so much happening. And God is starting to bring it all together. There were so many people doing stuff for God, but they were working independently of one another. And now God is bringing them together. And you're going to see such power hit this city. Amen. Thank you, Mark.